Ghana hikes key interest rate to 27%. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC, INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. Out-of-pocket payments is the predominant form of healthcare financing in sub-Saharan Africa. These payments affect the poorest households disproportionately, thereby exacerbating inequality. In this episode, we talk about innovations targeted at ending poverty due to healthcare expenditure. Samuel Mugisha, CEO of Streamline Health Tech, joins us for this episode. One of the biggest hurdles of healthcare in rural areas is record keeping. What kind of systems does one put in place to ensure that there is clinical excellence in remote areas? Yeah, as you've said, it's the rural settings. Uh, not only do they not have internet, but they are low digital literacy skills. Uh, very few of the clinicians and other staff have uh, computer literacy. Um, there's no infrastructure whether it's infrastructure to get there, but even computers and all of that. So so quite challenging, and um, that's what we've been doing, reaching these very hard-to-reach areas, using all sorts of different techniques to give them an experience uh, that looks like that in a first world. For instance, all, of, all of the applications we deploy use a hybrid cloud infrastructure where these people can access our systems on local area networks, but also access um, once in a while when they get little internet, have this synced to to online servers. So there are several techniques. And of course, when you're dealing with the rural settings, again, the approach is different. People are new to technology. So we have a whole change management process that we take these people through uh, as we switch them to uh, using digital tools. One of your offerings is insurance targeted at low-income earners. How does this model work? For rural areas, uh, the daily wage, the daily average wage for most people in the rural areas is only $2. Uh, after farming a whole field, you get $2. And that income is for a whole family. Meanwhile, an average family of four, the income is only $2. So that makes it a very uh, difficult um, place to, to, to introduce any insurance solutions. Uh, but one other thing that is very unique about rural areas is that majority of the people belong to at least a group. I was born in a rural setting, so I know that to survive on $2 a day as a family, you must be very social. You must belong to a community group. So these are savings groups, village associations, uh, these are um, uh, women groups, funeral arrangement groups. There are quite so many different types of affinity groups in the rural areas that people in the rural actually belong to. So we leverage the power of these groups uh, where we encourage groups to come together and pull resources together. And now with that social solidarity, they are able to raise enough uh, money to take for them, to care for them as an entire group. So, so if a group joins, usually with 20 families, those are 80 people joining the scheme. Our insurance is group-based insurance, not individuals. So their total collection um, uh, is enough to cover the whole group for a period of one year. So, so look at the unique things also in the rural areas, one of which is that rural people are highly social and have strong um, existing groups and will leverage those to enable them to afford health care. How do you work towards a return on investment on the products that are targeted towards rural areas? So we've had challenges, of course, accessing investment. 
uh, quite several challenges as a health tech company. So most of the uh, most of the early journey was funded by the Ugandan government, actually. Again, in the rural, uh, how we make sure we get a return on investment, of course, it has to be economies of scale, serve so many people, and um, get a little from each of them. Um, and that's how you're able to raise money and, of course, also keep your costs uh, in line, in sync with what the rural actually spends. So that's what we try to do. We try to keep our costs very, very low and try to to really go as far. We are serving more than 52,000 beneficiaries at the moment. So by serving so many people, which is our plan and our strategy, we are able to, to get a return on investment. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. Zimbabwe's annual consumer price inflation is for the third straight month to a five-month low of 255%. In November of 2022, from 268.8 in October, inflation has been falling since August this year, following tight monetary measures implemented by the government and the monetary authorities. On a monthly basis, consumer prices increased by 1.8%, the least in 19 months after a 3.2% rise in the previous month. The Bank of Ghana raised its benchmark monetary policy rate by another 250 basis points to 27% during its November 2022 meeting, above market forecasts of 26%, bringing borrowing costs to the highest since 2003. This is the fifth consecutive hike this year in order to curb strong inflationary pressures and support the city, which has depreciated by 54% against the dollar in the year to November. The annual inflation rate continued its upward trend to hit a fresh 21-year high of 40.4% in October from 37.2% in the previous month and is projected to peak in the first quarter of 2023. Central Bank of Kenya Governor Patrick Njoroge has said Kenya still has enough forex reserves amid concerns they're headed to an 11-year low. Official data shows usable forex exchange reserves were at $7.1 billion. As of last week Friday with concerns, they are headed to an 8-year low. This exposes the country to difficulties in making international payments, including imports and debt repayment and hedging against exchange rate risks. The reserves have fallen from $8.87 billion in the same period last year amid a widening current account deficit as the country continues to remain a net importer. The International Monetary Fund has projected Kenya's forex reserves could fall below the four-month import cover for the first time since August 2011. This is below the cover only 3.9 months of the country's import needs by the end of this year, down from 4.4 months last year. This is below the Central Bank of Kenya's statutory requirement of at least four months of import cover. A quick look at the market. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index was trading near the flat line around 73,000 on Monday in line with its global peers as record coronavirus infection numbers in China and demonstrations against the country's strict zero COVID-19 policy and lockdowns raised concerns over the global economic outlook. Locally, worries about prolonged load shading persist. Meanwhile, labor unions gave the national government seven days to meet their wage demands or face a national shutdown on Friday, December, amidst a standoff between workers and the government of a 10% wage hike. On the corporate front, resource-linked stocks were leading the losses while retailers and industrials advanced. In the meantime, South Africa's largest lender, Standard Bank, said it saw double-digit net interest income growth over the past 10 months and it expects a full year higher total income growth and cost growth than previously guided. Thank 
Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at With the Dome.